are so honored that you're here with us for season three. We want to share, connect, and grow the paper flower community with you. Welcome to Paper Talk. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paper Talk. Today's episode is sponsored by a patron, Heather Carney. We appreciate your donation and we're excited to keep creating content for the paper flower community. If you're interested in supporting us, head on over to Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash paper talk and sign up as a patron. We would love to see you there. Welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Martha Lucia Tokos with us, and she is known as Lucy under her business name, Pretty Petals by Lucy. And you probably have seen her beautiful cardstock flowers on Instagram and on the web. They're everywhere. And we were just super amazed at what she could do with a flat piece of cardstock paper. So we had to have her on Paper Talk. Welcome, Martha. Welcome, Martha. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me over. This is a dream come true for me. I've been following you and I've listened to many of your shows and I've learned a lot from it. So thank you again for having me over. Oh, we're so excited to have you here with us. I love your flowers. It's just amazing that what you can do with cardstock is just unbelievable. Yeah. And you have a certain style and aesthetic that's very recognizable as well. So when I was doing my own little research on you, I just thought, you know what, this <laughs> this artist must come from a certain background where she already knows her style where she's already kind of has an idea of what she likes and what she doesn't. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started with paper flowers. Well, goodness, I've always been attracted to paper crafts. Before my son was born, he's going to be 21 in May. I actually did a lot of scrapbooking. I did stamping, card making, calligraphy. So as you guys can see, I was drawn into paper arts in one way Mm -hmm. or other. But I did that for a couple of years. Scrapbooking specifically, I did a lot of scrapbooking back in the day when people actually used to scrapbook their prints, their photographs. Times have changed, so I don't think many people do that anymore, but that's how I started my my journey. Then life got in the way and I went on to pursue my, my professional career. I finished my college degree. That was my main focus for, for a while. So I took a little bit of a sabbatical from paper arts and crafts until my son, my oldest son, went away to college and that really hit me hard and um, Mm. I I would say that I was even impressed and one way to cope with it was going back to what made me feel happy and comfortable and I started to pursue a little bit hand lettering and calligraphy Mm -hmm. until I come across paper flowers so I remember I think I googled how to make a paper flower and I came across one class in particular and I did a giant paper flower it took me a while to do it and I had many burns in my fingers because I didn't really understand the technique um but it's dangerous (laughs) (laughs) but then um hearing the feedback from my family and friends they're like oh this is gorgeous and you should do it so long story short from that I started to actually do things for for friends and family I did I started doing the gigantic paper flowers which from my perspective like there's a lot of people that do that and probably they do better job than I do but that's how I started my paper flower journey so I started with the giant paper flowers but then when I discovered kind of like the smaller more realistic paper flowers that's when I kind of like okay I think I found my niche and that's really what I want to do I don't want to do the gigantic paper flowers but I want to do more kind of like the cardstock paper flowers and that's how I started my journey that's awesome so where would you say most of your clients what kind of flowers do they order for their event is it weddings special events I have 
haven't had that many for weddings. I think it's more for special events and gifts. Definitely for Mother's Day, for Christmas, for engagements, that type of thing. So it's more for gifting than for like special events. I love that. How do you go about advertising it? Because it's such a unique little niche that you've developed because your story is a little bit different because everyone that we've heard in the past always says, oh, it's weddings. Mm-hmm. And But you're saying it's not weddings. I love it's that. not weddings. And at, at the beginning of my journey, I actually, and I think you guys have addressed this before, you know, education it has to be a continuous loop because it helps you to get better and more comfortable at what you do. So when I found my little niche, kind of like the small paper flowers, I actually, again, Google, <laughs> kind of like paper flowers. So through my searches, I think the first thing that came was Sarah Kim. Mm. And I actually took my first paper flower workshop. I took it from Kim. So here you had someone from Las Vegas driving down to California and she's to go and get a live workshop by Sarah. So from that point, I started to get more interested and like, okay, how am I going to advertise myself? Definitely, I I feel that for, for the market here where I am here in Las Vegas, it's not too common or popular as if you would have paper flowers, let's say in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have found even like sometimes the hard way that probably, especially for my market here in Las Vegas for local market is more getting out there, get my name out there mm-hmm. and doing that. I've, I haven't done much, let's say marketing, but it's more kind of like oh, um, presence, life mm-hmm. presence, either on like local craft markets, or we had a couple of events here here that Queen Bee is is probably one of those where you have like a three-day event. It's a three-day event where where you have local crafters and makers and you have a booth, you set it up and people come excited and and they shop pretty much all day. And throughout the course of the market, they also had live workshops where people came and, and did that. So I found that to be my niche. And that was one of my first markets that I did. So for me, that was my launching and my, you know, getting out to the community and teaching people that this is a paper flower and this is another alternative from just a regular flower. It will last longer and, you know, you can customize, you can have flowers pretty much all year round. So that was me just trying to educate my local community, but also trying to get my name out there. Yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, it's so interesting that different locations, depending on where you are, are there the market is just different in terms yes. of how to reach your ideal customers whether it's in person or it's you know sometimes in some cities in person just there's so many fairs and so many artists that the local scene is might not be the right one so you finding that kind of that niche and knowing pretty much your city and mm-hmm. your community that's so important do you like in terms of your market, I mean, you talked about where and who, but do you ever tap into your Ecuadorian community at all? Um, no, not really. I mean, maybe the Hispanic Latinx community. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I do have a lot of followers, but what I found out that more from my community, they're more hands-on. So mm-hmm. the people who reach out to me, let's say on Instagram, they want to learn. So they <gasps> they have asked me, are you going to do a workshop? Are you going to offer, you know, Spanish workshop? Because they want to learn. Whereas maybe other 
other people, you know, they don't want to be, they know probably that it's a lot of work and they just Mm want to buy it already made. But based from that feedback, after I did my first couple of craft shows, I actually started to do classes. So I had a couple of places here local that it actually, they reached out to me and they asked me, would you be interested in showing or teaching a workshop? And, you know, I said yes, without even like knowing too sure on how to do it. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can do it because I've taught classes before when I was doing a scrapbooking and stamping. I actually used to have classes at Michael's. So I was one of the instructors way back then. So comfortable teaching and I'm comfortable speaking in front of people. So when they reach out to me, I said, yes, definitely I can do that. So that's another area besides just having the local markets that I've marketed myself to do workshops, you know, teaching the different classes Mm -hmm. uh, with templates, without templates. So I've been doing able to do that. And um, how much of your business do you think is, or would you say is the teaching versus the selling? And I know the answer for this because I did my taxes. So (laughs) 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 I can can wait to reflect on the year from before. (laughs) 2020 wasn't a good year. And that's why I was able to you know kind of like see what I did on 2019 so 2019 definitely most of my income came from workshop Mm -hmm. so that was definitely the more profitable Mm -hmm. part of my business because I did and I taught many workshops on 2019 Mm -hmm. um 2020 uh, what saved me on 2020 was actually when things were starting to pick up a little bit and, and open up slowly pinners conference in Arizona that was probably one of the biggest ones that I taught last year that's so, wonderful mm-hmm. so what flower did you end up teaching at that conference so for pinners conference so we have a collaboration or I have a collaboration with Farron um, Celeste Mm. where and I can talk more about it yes so from 2020 everyone was at home and people became really crafty 2020 you can go to Michael's or Target and find things to to craft Mm -hmm. so I reached out to Farron probably in the middle of pandemic when everyone was crafting at home and I brought up the idea to her if maybe we could collaborate and maybe I could either teach with her templates but also make flower kits ready all cut ready for people to do it at home so from that idea we actually form petal packets which basically is everything already pre-made pre-packaged you just have to put them together so for pinners conference it was the launching for us for petal packets and i taught the dahlia and the anemone from Ferenc templates I taught during a live audience or a live workshop, I should say. That's cool. wonderful. We love Ferenc. Yeah. Just, uh, she's in Denmark, isn't she? She is. And that's the only reason why, yes, she's, she's in the Netherlands. Netherlands. I mentioned Ferenc because I came across Ferenc at the beginning of my journey. So after I took my class with Sarah Kim, I started to look more into, you know, follow Instagram pages. And I came across Ferenc because she had a Juliet Rose template. And that was before she was even like selling them uh, to the public and I think that was at the same time that she had moved to Netherlands so when I reached out to her I said I love your Juliet Rose Mm -hmm. do you sell the template so she sold me the template there were not instructions anything like that so I started to send her pictures of my process like is this okay and from from that point our relationship um, has grown to now being kind of like business partners (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that (laughs) no I I, I love the name I love the name um, Petal Packets. It's so clever. Yes. And everything comes in a packet. All Mm -hmm. petals. They're beautiful. 
cut and it's her her famous or I would say the top seller templates that she has mm-hmm. is what we have yeah. uh, for Petal Packet. So how does this collaboration work? She has her templates mm-hmm. and then in the States, do you then package the kits for your students? Yes. So we cut, we cut them and we put everything together, the wire, the floral tape, the little craft paper that you do to put the paper cone together. So we package everything very beautifully, a very own brand. And mm-hmm. we send that to the people who buy the pedal packets on our Etsy store. Along with that, they also receive a link so that they can see Ferenc tutorials, the same tutorials that she has available when people buy her templates online. Mm-hmm. They also get to see the tutorial so that they can put those things together at home. On the live workshops that I've done with Faring in collaboration with her, pretty much have the rights if you will, Mm -hmm. so that I can use her templates and do the live teaching. So that is great trust and collaboration because she has trusted me to actually teach her process on how to put her flowers together. Yeah. And to say that, yes, that does require a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, as artists, sometimes we can be so protective of our creations and our ideas and our templates. I mean, she must trust you a lot. You guys must have a a wonderful working relationship. (laughs) That's what I would say Um, for you to, you know, teach her templates, but also, I mean, you're also doing a lot of promotion for her too on this Mm -hmm. side of the ocean, you know, and actually showing up and teaching people live how to execute her flowers. It is a partnership. You don't have to answer, but I just have to ask, do you guys have, you know, is it like a mutual understanding or do you guys have things put into an agreement or a contract? Yeah, we we have an agreement and I think that I have to give it to Farron. She's very, when we started to talk about it, from my perspective, I brought the idea to her. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to get it done. But it actually took us a little bit to get started just because Mm -hmm. she wanted to have a contract in place of course. So, and and I understand that because, you know, at, at some point she's going to move back here to the United States. So I won't be able to do that. But until we can do that, we have the collaboration. And um, for me, it's more kind of like, um, from my perspective, it's more teaching and sharing what we have and very trusting me with, with that process. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's her her material and her work that has she has put on making this beautiful templates. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is that Farron and I we have an agreement that as much as I try to follow her step for making her flowers, sometimes I put my own spin because that's that's me. That's mm-hmm. that's yes, that's my exactly. brand. Yeah. So mm-hmm. even though I might be using her templates and her peony might look different than my peony, even when I use her own templates. So yeah. there's always like a little a different spin. On, on that. Yeah, I think that's so important. Teaching people how to use a template, but putting their personality in, into the results. I think that is like, this is me, even though mm-hmm. I use something. Yeah. Like, it's just like learning from books and from learning from other online courses is they give you the templates, but how do you turn it into what you, your own personality into the flower? Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. And I mean, yeah. I, and I follow many of your tutorials as well. So even though I follow, you know, I'm always going to put my own brand and my own, my own personal touch because I'm doing them. So even though I follow the same steps, then results might look different than yours. Yes, I love that. Yay! (laughs) I know that you sell most of, or if not all, of your paper flower products on Etsy. How has that experience been? Etsy has been challenging, to be honest with you. I would say most of my sales actually come from directly from Instagram. Mm. So part of my business here, I started with paper flowers. But for me, part of to become, you know, just, what's the word? Uh, 
present in the local markets, I had to incorporate my flowers into something. And I, that's one of the lessons I learned from attending one of these local markets was that people didn't want to buy just like a paper flower or even single pick to put them together in a bouquet. They wanted to see more the paper flower into, let's say, a sign. And that's how... I started kind of like the wood creations part mm -hmm. of my business because yeah. it allows me to actually put my work, my paper flowers into, let's say, a wreath or a sign or something like that. So just going back to the, my Etsy saga, I guess, is that I've had it for a while, but and I don't know and if it's a game of just kind of like the words or what it is. Is, but most of my sales actually have been directly from Instagram. I started to see actually picking up my Etsy sales when I started to put some of my wood creations in Etsy, which is also allowing me to give more exposure to my paper flowers. And that's how I've gotten some orders from Etsy for paper flowers. But that's kind of like just, just the, the feedback that I wanted to, to share. Most of my sales have, have been local here in the market, but also directly sales from Instagram. Have you looked at your numbers for Etsy? Because one of the things that we keep hearing is all the fees. And if you get a certain amount, then they really ding you on the advertising fees. How do you feel about that? And do you plan to continue working with Etsy? Yes, because like in 2020, actually, I actually went and I, I created my own website because I didn't see, you know, sales coming from Etsy. But I went through all that work and I had like a link where, where people could go and buy the, the flowers from there. Still, I didn't see any orders coming from my own personal website. So I think I got more exposure from Etsy, not great numbers or anything like that. But Etsy for me was a platform that it was more secured for me to expose my, my art. The other things that I looked on Etsy is that most of my, my views from Etsy come directly from my Instagram account or Pinterest. So mm -hmm. I had a couple of things that I had a Pinterest board and people would click on my Etsy, whether they bought something or not, but at least you got some additional, you know, views, I guess, from, mm -hmm. from those different sources. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So essentially your other social media platforms were funneling people to your Etsy site and you're still on Etsy though. I'm still on Etsy. <laughs> despite the challenges despite the challenges i'm still on etsy how do you arrange for sales for your workshops then if you don't have a website? Yeah, that's a great question because I usually, I have a couple of places here in town that they, um, they're storefronts and they sell home decor, but they have, let's say once a month or something like that, they have workshops on the weekends and things like that. So that's how I kind of like started my, my workshops here in town. Other thing is, I think it's, um, I can't remember the name is craft and wine or something like that, where mm -hmm. they have, uh, you come and you craft, but you can also, you know, purchase drinks. So that was the first one that actually reached out to me if I was interested on in teaching a class because she saw my paper flowers on one of those local markets. And that was the first workshop that I did, even though I didn't know what I was I'm like doing. And I think the first time I talk about preparing, I said, yeah, I can do about 10 people. So she turned um, on the registration on her site. And the day of, I think she sends me a message and she says, we have like over, like, I think it was like close to 20 five people that have Yay. signed up for the class <laughs> but I wasn't ready for it <laughs> all the materials you're probably scrambling to get them and it was difficult because the venue is beautiful but it was this long table and I had to kind of like figure out 
you know, having stations for the glue guns, but also having to split my time going back and forth so I could, you know, pretty much help everyone. But that was my first one. And from that point, I'm like, okay, I got it. So, and, and that I started to offer that more also private workshops too. Mm-hmm. That's what kept me a little bit busy last year. I had a couple of people that they would get together because everything was pretty much closed. So when it was safe, um, so with mask and everything, I would go and, and, and teach some of the classes to, to this group of crafty friends that <laughs> got together to, to do that. Uh, what do you think is the most challenging when you're teaching card, specifically cardstock, paper, flowers? Well, the challenging part is probably the cutting piece. I'm a visual person, so I need to see it so that I can so that I can cut my my flowers or cut my petals to, to what I want. So trying to teach that because I'm like, you can go and, and instruct people, you know, this is how you cut it. But people probably the same as me, they want to see you in action. So for me, it's actually taking some of those like pieces of paper and going for from table to table or making sure that people understood what I was trying to say so that they can get that. Whereas if you, the the last workshop that I did was with Ferenc templates, which is much easier because everything already comes cut for you. So Mm -hmm. the instruction was a little bit different because I didn't have to tell you how to shape the rose petal or a peony petal. Everything pretty much was already done. So I guess that's the difference. Out of curiosity, do you, with the kits where where most of everything's been cut, most of it is pretty much just assembly. Do you charge more or less than in a workshop where literally do everything from scratch? Nothing's pre-cut. So there's no time Mm -hmm. that's been invested by you or Farron in the kit. To be honest with you, the cost is about the same because we use the same amount of paper and the cost of me cutting everything to size so that if teaching you how to hand cut everything, I still have to do some prepping beforehand. Whereas with Farron, you know, we have the machine doing the cutting. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing probably or cost, which to, to answer your question, the pre-made packets, actually, the workshop is a little bit more expensive than my hand cut workshops. Mm-hmm. So I think probably the difference is about when I think it's probably about, it depends too, it's about 15 to $20 difference. The other thing too, that I have to take in consideration is that a lot of these places that invite me to teach, they keep a portion of that. Mm-hmm. So when I charge my class, I have to keep that in mind that let's say if I'm charging, I don't know, $40 for the class, maybe the place where I'm teaching, they're taking a fee and their fee can be $5. It can be up to $10. So mm-hmm. that's per why. Per person you mean, right? Per person. Yeah. Because they help you also do some of marketing. marketing promotion. Exactly. And, and that's how some of my local classes here, it helped me because, you know, one of them, they they had a marketing list and they also mm-hmm. had a, a very uh, loyal customer base. Mm-hmm. So she would send an email with the workshop announcement and that's how people got to know me as as well. That's a great way. I mean, yeah, I've been partnering with the paper place since pretty much the beginning as well. Mm -hmm. And at the first, it was just, you know, being so flattered to be asked like, oh, somebody actually likes my work and they want me to teach a workshop. Mm -hmm. But as I guess my as I grew as in my paper flower business, I realized how, how important that relationship is, not just because <laughs> they're my source for paper flowers, but also just having a re- great relationship with a local retail store that mm-hmm. kind of has the same customer base as you do and that their reach is going to be n- not, I don't know, probably wider, a lot wider yeah. and a little bit mm-hmm. different, slightly different, but there's overlap and you never know who, you know, who's in that customer base that might 
suddenly be interested in your work. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, finding those kind of those local stores, or it, I guess it doesn't have to be local, but stores that have the same customer base as you that mm-hmm. can kind of help you up a, a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's really, really helpful. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because so based on my experience on 2019, I said, OK, able to teach workshops and I'm getting enough attention and people are interested. So I said, OK, so I'm going to go and venture a little bit on the side. And I actually mm-hmm. applied to teach classes at my local Michaels. So submitted an application. My class was accepted. And then for the registration, I had two dates that I had selected. I had only I had to cancel one of them because I had no people that registered to the class. And then for one of them, I had only two. Mm. So even though I got to keep more money for me, it also goes into the exposure. Michael yeah. doesn't send a list to older customers. Yeah. So for me, I understood the relationship of actually going through a local source and probably yeah. a big chain, yeah. like either a Michael's or Joanne. So from yeah. that point, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stay with the local, the yeah. local store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gosh, it's been so amazing talking to you, Martha. We learned so much about so many different things. But moving on to a really fun thing is Mm -hmm. when you make all these paper flowers, what do you drink and do you watch anything or listen to anything? (laughs) So if I make paper flowers on the on a weekday, probably just water or coffee. That's my my drink. But if it's on the weekend and it's late at night, probably uh, a margarita. I'm a tequila girl, so. margarita and as far as watching I've I've heard other people and and they're so inspirational because they watch all this wonderful like I watch I don't know Hamilton or something like that I prefer my trash TV when I (laughs) I'm into the 90 day fiance and the real housewives of New Jersey it's entertaining it's entertaining it's mindless you don't have to follow too closely Yeah, yeah, that's my dose of reality. I'm like, okay, so that's that's my time. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> if you're looking for a way to support us, please hit subscribe and write us a review. We would appreciate it so much. You can also support us as a patron on patreon.com. Your contribution would help us continue to create great content for you and the paper flower community.